All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome to the show, guys. Welcome to the show. Another win. It's starting to look normal for your people today. It's your boy, Devon Johnson, man. Welcome to the Showtime Forum post-game report. Forgive me if the camera's a little bit, forgive me if a little bit tilted. Uh, anyway, guys, listen, another win. We did it. It's another win. Uh, it was an expected win, of course, because it was the Timberwolves, and we've been taking care of our business. Um, and so tonight, 142-125, uh, lots to take away from tonight. Um, uh, the biggest things I think we can talk about tonight, we're going to talk about, of course, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, Anthony Davis with the 50-piece tonight. We're going to talk about that and how he ended up doing that on such efficient numbers tonight. Of course, LeBron James contributing 32. We're going to talk about those two things. We're going to talk about the emergence of Danny Green coming back out and shooting the three-wheel. Alex Caruso having a season high. There's so much to get into tonight. I'm really excited about it, and I cannot wait uh, to talk about it. So let's start from the top here. Um, once again, we see the Lakers uh, finding their rhythm early. Uh, we don't have the same issues that we had before where uh, the Lakers would be down by 10, 15 points to teams that we should be blowing out. Uh, it was pretty close, but that's fine with me going back and forth. Uh, we had plenty of leads. We lost a few leads. Uh, but ultimately, in the end, it, 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 we were just too much. And so uh, tonight was one of those things that you, you expected them to do. You expected them to win, uh, but the nuances and how they won were so encouraging, so, so encouraging. We've been talking about this team being a defensive team for pretty much majority of the season so far. And LeBron made a comment about the offense catching up with the defense, and most of us were thinking about how scary that would be if the offense caught up with the defense. Now, the offense had a great night tonight. We had our season high uh, so far in points at 142. Of course, I think 136 was the last time, was the last high that we had. Uh, which is good, uh, but it seems like as the offense has picked up, the defense has began to fall backwards, giving up 125 points. Remember, our normality was holding teams under 100 points, and so uh, as the offense picks up, we're going to have to find a good balance to where um, uh, we're going to be able to, to keep teams from going over 100, and what's even better about that is that there's this is happening early in the season, so adjustments can still be made, and so uh, I, I'm very encouraged by what I saw tonight. I'm sure most of us were very encouraged by what we saw tonight. Anthony Davis, of course, putting up 50 points. And what's more important than the 50 points is how he did it. He did it in a matter of 39 minutes, 20 for 29, guys. The dude shot um, an amazing percentage tonight uh, for him. Uh, he was 0 of 2 from 3, but that's fine uh, because that means that he only missed 7 points inside or 7 shots inside the 3-point line, which is huge. That's huge for a big. Uh, he had 7 rebounds, 6 assists. Four steals a block. Now, this is this is great, too. Only one turnover, only one personal foul. He was a plus 19, guys. He was a plus 19. This dude played almost 40 minutes and only had one turnover and one personal foul. Um, there really is no answer for Anthony, Anthony Davis. There's no answer. You can look all across the league. You can even look at Joel Embiid. There is no answer for Anthony Davis. And I think what's so great about that is that we have him. <laughs> like, it's not our problem. It's the rest of the league's problem. And we keep having to go back to this because it's still, for some reason, some continual conversation about was it worth it? Did we give up too much for Anthony Davis? And day in and day out, every game, he keeps showing us that he is well worth the money. I, I, I see no reason. There's nothing that I can see from any other player that I would want. I would give up the roster that we gave up for Anthony Davis. And, and he's proven that. Okay, He's already done a 40 and 20, and now he's dropped a 50-piece. And, guys, he had four steals tonight, four steals and a block. The other night he had like four blocks and a steal. So, so he's doing things on the defensive end. He's producing on the offensive end. He's in his prime, and we're winning games. And LeBron James is doing his thing. LeBron James played only 28 minutes tonight, had early foul trouble. And this is where we actually see, this is really strange to say, this is where we actually saw the absence of Rajon Rondo. Uh, uh, being able to have LeBron on the floor is great. But when he can't be on the floor, having a secondary playmaker who can run the offense like a, a Rondo is important. And tonight we did not have that. Caruso, though, ended up benefiting from the absence of Rondo uh, tonight by putting up 16 points. I think that's his career high, uh, 16 points, 6 of 11 shooting for 30 minutes. He played a season high in minutes. Um, and uh, and that was amazing. Forgive me, the, the smoke alarm was going off. Uh, and so <clears throat> uh, tonight was just a testament of, of how much we uh, can survive 
with our depth, when people are down, Bradley was down, Rondo was down, and still being able to survive, but also shows how important these key pieces are. I do not think with an Avery Bradley, that scores at 125. I also think that with a Rajon Rondo, the score could have actually been a little bit more, uh, depending on how the offense flowed with him. But, but tonight, LeBron James was trying to do a lot in the beginning and just could not get a handle on how the refs were calling fouls. He had two offensive fouls in the first half, and of course he had... Uh, he had four fouls, and he just walked straight to the uh, to the locker room. Um, he ended up finishing the game well. He he didn't foul again after that, um, and he still finished with 32 points. He was on fire tonight from three. Six of eight from three. One he shot from halfway in Riverside uh, and, and drained it, no problem. Uh, he was 12 of 20 tonight, which is amazing, but he had 13 assists. Once again, when Anthony Davis is scoring as high as he's scoring and LeBron James has the assist total as high as he has it, that is where you're seeing premium uh, Laker basketball. Between the two of them, they almost scored 100 points by themselves, guys. That, just think about that. Between two players, they both almost scored 100 points. Now, think about had LeBron not been in foul trouble. Think about what, what could have happened on some of those possessions that were turnovers. And some, tonight, we had, we had a lot of turnovers tonight. Tonight, we had... Uh, we had uh, oh, we had ten turnovers and we had nine. It was uh, more fouls. We had nineteen personal fouls. So that th these are things that I know we're going to clean up. But could you imagine had LeBron stayed on the floor tonight? It would have been incredible. We actually shot very well from uh, three point line tonight, forty five percent from three, um, and a large part of that was due to your boy Danny Green. Danny Green came out shooting again tonight. He was four of six. All of his field goals were uh, all of his main field goals and attempts were threes. That's what we need from Danny Green, man. That's what we need from Danny Green. Um, and he did his thing tonight, man. He had 12 points, but he made shots that not only stifled the momentum of the Timberwolves, but gave fresh life. And, and it's, it's really weird. I don't know if anybody saw the stats. He actually shoots statistically higher when his shots are contested. When his threes are contested, for whatever reason, Danny Green shoots the ball better. When he's wide open, he shoots a, shoot, a, a, a slightly lower percentage. But uh, tonight, it was great to see the emergence of him. And then uh, we saw, this is really random, but we, we saw uh, uh, THT, Horton Tucker, come out tonight. And uh, Talon come out tonight. And he, uh, he came into the game. He didn't score. He did take a shot. But it was just good to see um, him get on the floor, get some time in, at, in garbage time. Um, and, and, and what was what was really nice is the one possession that he had, he made a nice move, stepped back, and was wide open, just didn't get enough leg lift underneath that three. Otherwise, it would have been a beautiful play. But you're starting to see promise from him. We already know Zach Norvell uh, has proven himself in the preseason. He's a scorer. Um, of course, we want to see how these rookies can do on defense, and they're not going to get hardly any time in this season. But it's good to give them some, some looks and get them on the floor, get them around the team to understand the team chemistry, understand what a championship breed means. This, these are going to be valuable minutes for, for the Costas, for the, for the Talons, for the Zacks. Like getting them time in right now and allowing them to get around a championship culture with a championship team that has unity and there's no drama uh, is going to be important. What, what's even greater is if you think about this, Caruso didn't have that. Caruso came up literally in the middle of our turmoil. And so he, there was no championship culture, and, and everything was disarray, and everything was drama, and we're watching our guy come in, and it's paying off, though, because he persevered and scored 16 points tonight, made some crucial plays tonight, four rebounds. He actually had two steals. One of those steals was on an inbound play, and it was just typical Caruso behavior, man. Just when you least expect it, he does something that just changes the momentum of the game and changes the monotony, man. So... Uh, let's get to these questions, dude. I apologize for talking so long. I can't wait. THT got some moves, huh? This is a slick protocol. First of all, salute, sir. Thank you for coming into the show. Uh, TH2 got some moves. THT got some moves. He he does. And if you've been watching South Bay Laker games or just watching the highlights, I know Mike Trudell's been calling those games and kind of posting some highlights every, every now and again. He has uh, not only handles but good court vision. Uh, generally, he has a good shot tonight. Of course, he only missed that one shot, but it was at the end of the game. No rhythm. He just came in and, and, and just took his time. Uh, but, uh, but he has uh, potential, and we can see that he could be a good pickup from the draft. Of course, most of his summer, all of his summer, up until now, he's been working through injury. 
which is fine because we're not looking for him to score or do any of those things, but we are looking to see how is he developing. And shout out, man, to the Lakers development squad, the Alex Caruso's, the uh, uh, the people you see around the league. Uh, uh, a lot of those guys came up through the G League. And as they came up through the G League and they've been developed, man, they come out and they are they are valuable assets to other teams. And so I expect nothing different from the Zach Norvells and uh, from the Casas Antetokounmpo and, uh, uh, and from THT. So I'm expecting them to grow and bud. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Julian, what, 619? What's up, Julian? What's up, my dude? Uh, and, man, please forgive me. Amsquita427 uh, <clears throat> feels like a championship team. Listen, this is a championship squad, period. Like, there's, <clears throat> there's really not much that we can say. There's really two teams that are the measuring stick. I wouldn't even consider the Celtics a measuring stick. That's going to be – the Celtic games are going to be good games that we play. But in about a week or so, like next Thursday, the following Thursday, we're playing against the Bucks. That's going to be a huge test for us. And, of course, Christmas Day against the Clippers is going to be a huge test for us because these are teams that have valuable stock, not only in the momentum of their games, but in their player uh, cohesion, in their roster development, in their roster construction. These are teams that are built to go up against championship teams. And they, don't, they obviously don't have an AD and LeBron. So we, we technically have the better teams. But what the, the issue is, is that when we go up against these people, how are we going to react? How are we going to respond, um, especially with the Clippers, since we haven't played them since the opening night? What's that going to look like? How are we going to respond with our home crowd in the building, even though it technically was our home crowd there, too? Uh, and how are we going to respond against the Bucks? Giannis is playing out of his mind. That team is deep. That team has an amazing chemistry. They've been there before. They've been together. Uh, and they have had a run, and they are dominant. We are matching records. Every time we win, they win. Um, and so that's going to be a good test. But right now, we are a championship team. And even no matter what happens against the Bucks team, it doesn't mean that we're not a championship team, whether we win or lose. What it does mean is that it's a good preview of what to look for in the finals. Because uh, I do believe it's going to be a Bucks-Lakers finals. I just, I, I'm just saying it now. I think a lot of you guys are thinking the same thing. Bucks and the Lakers, that will be an amazing finals. Uh, and especially because our records are racing up against each other, and uh, we don't know who's going to have home court advantage. But as this team has proven, we haven't lost outside of Staples. So apparently, uh, home team advantage, home uh, team advantage, really won't matter to us. Uh, <clears throat> put him up against any big, he'll still dominate. Lakers Metropolis, and we're talking about AD. His post moves, guys, is one thing. His handle at the at the um, at, at the three point line is another thing. His vision is insane. His drive is insane. When he goes in, he can literally float. He, he does like a miniature uh, Lou Williams type thing where he just floats by, throws it off the backboard. You can't stop it. And he'll back you in. And, and what's funny is, is that really he could start at the top of the, at the clock. As soon as that ball comes across half court, he can make the decision to hold the ball and literally get to the basket any way he wants to. Uh, but what I love about what AD is doing is that he's trying to find the right play. Tonight, the Lakers passing was incredible. Everybody was looking for the right pass, and that starts with a LeBron and an AD. They're not just trying to get their touches. They're trying to make sure that when they touch the ball, am I doing the right thing with it when I get it? And when AD needed to be aggressive, he was aggressive. His jumper was back. We talked about this in the first five games. I said, as soon as Anthony Davis gets back into the flow of how the offense is going to roll, and once, the, and once Jason Kidd and Frank Vogel and them start to get the offense back in order, I said, watch how his jumper is going to come back. Now that his jumper is true, now there's nothing you can do with him. You can't stick him at the perimeter because he can blow by you with his handle. You can't sag off of him because he can hit you from the three-point line. Anywhere from inside the paint to the three-point line, he can hit you. So, so that's, this is what makes Anthony Davis so valuable. And he has hustle and drive. And listen, guys, he's still not 100% healthy. Like, he's playing like he's healthy, but like, it, like his shoulder's not completely healed. His ribs are just getting back in order, and the dude is still putting up 50 points in a game on 20 of 29 shooting. I, I just, I, I don't know what it would feel like this season if we didn't have an Anthony Davis or a LeBron James. I am so grateful for the front office for having the guts to make that trade. And I'm grateful because if you look at it, um, well, I'm not going to say it, but we came out on top. I'm just going to say that. Uh, <clears throat> Tan Marino 13. Hey, Devon, what's going on, guys? Tan Marino, Tan Marino, you know when you drop your phone screen side down and you're terrified to pick it up and look at the screen? Yeah, that's how I feel every time AD falls down. But, man, not many concerns right now with this team. Really excited to see AD continue uh, this hot roll he's on. Uh, agree, Tan Marino. I, I, I get nervous for any of those players. I get nervous when I hear about Rajon Rondo's 
uh, hamstring being tight. I get, I get nervous about those things. I get nervous about Avery Bradley having a fracture in his leg. Those things make me nervous because I know at, when I see the team now, at the record that we have, which I believe is 21-3, and three, that the record that we have now, the only thing that could technically stop us is injury. And uh, they already have the unity. They already have the team chemistry. They already have the defensive mindset. They already have the championship culture. They already have the right coaching staff, the right players, the depth. The only thing that can mess that up is injuries. And if I'm being completely honest, the reason why the Raptors were able to win that first championship was because teams got injured. That's the honest to God truth. I think anybody would have known that. Had the Warriors been healthy, uh, it, it would have been a different story just in, in general. And so um, that's the same thing that we want to make sure that we are paying attention to. The coaching staff, the training staff, the medical staff is going to be on that. And these guys are playing super hard. AD is playing super hard. Everybody's playing super hard. And we've seen a couple of falls last game where they hit their head and they stay down. Uh, you see like where LeBron stays down and, and it, it makes your whole body like freeze up. Uh, but I, I'm trusting that uh, when it's time to make the right decision, they will. I got nervous tonight because the game was under two minutes. The game was in hand, and Anthony Davis was still on the floor, and I could not figure it out. Uh, but it turns out they were just trying to get him a timeout so that he can get his standing ovation on the way out uh, on the sub in. And so, um, yeah, that we, we want to just make sure that uh, just pay attention to how the players are responding uh, in games. If you start seeing people like I, what I love about what Rondo did last game, he came in at, during halftime and was like, hey man, I'm starting to feel something. And instead of him going out trying to force himself to get minutes, he was like, I'm not even going to play with it, man. I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to wait. And when it feels better again, I'll jump back in. That is what we need to do because it's about the long haul with this team. I got to keep going. I'm so sorry about that. Live XP1, this team is super scary. NBA is on notice. NBA is on notice. And what I love about it is that the Lakers are not shying away from the challenge. They know, and they've been saying it in reports, and they've been saying it in interviews, they know people are gunning for them. Kyle Kuzma just said it the other day. They know that people um, have placed a target on the back of the Lakers because they have become the standard now. And it was such a quick turnaround. I think most teams are trying to adjust their brains that we are no longer the floor mat of the NBA as we've been for the past six years, that now it is completely reversed. And the teams that we thought were going to be good have not been good. We've been able to step on the Denver's, uh, Denver's uh, territory and take them out. Portland, take them out. Uh, Spurs, take them out. Mavericks, take them out. We've been able to take out a lot of these Western Conference teams. And so, to be honest, the only team that we're going to have an issue with is the Clippers. Outside of that, there really is nobody who presents a challenge. And because of that, teams now are utilizing us to measure themselves as to how close they are to being a championship-style team. And that's what we want. We, we are going for that. We desire that. Uh, and, uh, and it's about time because that's actually the culture and the brand of the Lakers. We have always been standard setters. Jerry Buss was a standard setter. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, uh, just Shaq, Kobe, it goes LeBron, AD. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. We have consistently been the standard setters, and it's good to be back into that position again, and the whole league knows it. Uh, Lord Raider, AD, enough said. And listen, I, he scored 50 and you could tell by the time he got to 40 points in the third, like we knew, we we're like, oh, he's going for a 50 piece. And, and and it didn't surprise us because this is who he is. Like he's just, he's a natural once in a generation talent, man. And I'm telling you, if there was a possibility for any other team to have AD, they would be, they would trade their roster for him. Everybody in the league was afraid of AD and LeBron getting together because AD and LeBron together uh, both hungry, both looking to make a statement about their careers, one later in their life and one is a prime in the prime of their life. That is a scary tandem, and people don't know what to do with that. Uh, Live XP1, great show. I'm in Houston too. Need to link up. Hey man, of course, DM me. Hit me on DM. Um, hit me on my. Hit me on Twitter. DM me. I would love to hook up with you guys. Um, and I'm even thinking about trying to find a spot to do a live post game report from. Got to hook up at a bar down here, so I'm gonna see if I can get some way to work that out. Maybe we all can just link up in, in Houston if anybody's out here. Uh, <clears throat> that's the AD I remember. Lord have mercy. Live XP1. That is that that is. This is the AD that we that we knew we were training for. And even though he was playing in the beginning and he was hitting like you know 20, 25 points right in there, uh, it, it didn't feel as good until he hit that 40 and 20. And then we started seeing like this is the Anthony Davis that that we saw. This is the Anthony Davis that we know. This is the Anthony Davis that we can put our trust in. And he showed it again tonight, like against a lesser team where he could have just sat back and not and, and didn't care. He put his effort in there. He communicated. He talked. 
uh, the, the, and he made sure that he was a leadership voice on the team tonight, and it showed up in, the, in not only his stats but the rest of the team stats. Uh, Metro, uh, Lakers Metropolis, THC having that seven-foot wingspan for a six-five guard is completely unbelievable. His handle is insane, and he's not skinny. So a lot of times you'll see a lot of skinny guys in the NBA who have a long wingspan who may not necessarily be tall. But to see somebody who is medium-sized, medium-build, which means you can't push him, be able to not only dribble but have the wingspan, that means that he has an incredible potential to be a good wing defender. If we can, if we can develop him in the defensive realm, I don't know what Frank Vogel's um, um, transition down to the G League would look like as far as defensive mentality and strategies and such, but if we can get him locked into the, the way the team is playing defense with that wingspan and that handle, he becomes another threat. It almost becomes an embarrassment of riches. Now, this is why this is important, because when it gets close to the trade deadline, okay, uh, uh, and we start thinking about, and this possibility is coming up in about a week, uh, uh, we can start trading players. The idea of trading certain players, and I'm not going to say who, uh, there's certain ones that I'm thinking of, but, but there's certain players that can get traded. You, you're not scared of it if you know that you have a Zach Norvell and a THT that's, that's waiting to be developed. So you can, you, can, you, can, you can sacrifice a couple of players to get an Eagle dollar or sacrifice a couple of players, but to know that you have two in the stock that are already under contract. They're just waiting. There's two-way contracts, and THT, is just, he got recalled tonight, already signed. So to know that these roster spots are available and that we have people that we can bring up when necessary is a beautiful, uh, beautiful thing. And I can't wait to see what he does. Lakers, 50-point game since 2000. Kobe Bryant, 25. Shaq won. King James won. And Anthony Davis tonight. So let, let me also stop by saying this. This is why we call Kobe the greatest player ever. Look at those numbers, okay? Now, of course, LeBron's only been here for a couple seasons, so there's no possible way, right? And he's a pass-first, he's a pass-first guard-forward combo, okay? So he's not he's not going for 50 points. You're not going to see LeBron intentionally going for 50 points. AD, this is not AD's last 50-point game in his Laker career. He's going to have multiple of those, okay? But even with Shaq and Kobe had 25 of these of these mugs, man. That means he had over one. He averaged more than one a season. In his 20-year span, that's incredible, okay? And that only happens with the Laker brand. You're not going to find these kind of statistics generationally. We didn't even talk about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson. We didn't talk about none of that stuff. We are just talking about, like, our generation. And to watch that, it is the championship culture of the Lakers. And this is what I love. This is The, the Celtics can't say it. Uh, the Mavs can't say it. The Spurs can't say it. They, they, they may have banners, but the way that we develop players, bring players, scout players, sign players... Trade for players. We're insane, okay? We're just insane. Uh, live XP, Je uh, Jesse Buss finds the best talent late in the draft uh, in the association, hands down. Yeah, and and I really don't know, like, um, um, how, how they're doing it, what their algorithm is, I'm using that word, or what their statistical values that they're, that they're, that they're placing on players that they want. Uh, but they've been able to find the Kyle Kuzmas, uh, 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 the, the Josh Harts, the Lonzos, the Ingrams. Like, they just know the players that have worked out well. Like, for instance, if you're looking at the development between, um, uh, let's say, a Kyle Kuzma and whoever else was in that draft, you, you're saying that Kyle Kuzma's ceiling is so much higher than what people anticipated. Well, how are you able to see that? We don't know. But whatever it is, Jesse Buss has found his value. And what's crazy is this. It, because of all of the drama that happened in that front office, you're starting to appreciate names that stay. So now you're starting to appreciate a Jesse Buss and you're hearing his name more because of that. Uh, Caruso needs this live XP. Caruso first, second, and third team all defense considerations. Caruso's a monster, man. He's a monster, bro. He's a monster on the defensive end. And what I hate is that his stats aren't always going to show his uh, his impact on the game. Uh, of course, because he's so intentional on his defensive end, uh, that he he'll get a steal, he'll get some blocks, he'll you know he'll disrupt some passes. Um, but but it's all the stuff that he does that you cannot put in a statistical category. The chasing through the screens, the the consistent defensive pressure that causes turnovers. He's just he, he's just a force. And and what's crazy for me is that he's he's already stated publicly, I'm not really I don't really care if I score 10, 15, 16 points. I want to be the guy that causes the other team not to score. To have a dog like that on your team is far and few in between, which means like when you come up from the G League, most of those players are struggling to find an identity that will get them a big payday. And they're trying to find it on the offensive end. So people are working on crossovers, working on step back threes, working on getting to the cup. Caruso can shoot, you know, he can get to the cup. He can, of course, he has athleticism, but he's like, I want my staple to be defense. 
And I want everybody in the league to know that when you come to our town or I come to your town, I'm coming to lock your players up. That's the dog that you need. And he's coming off the bench, guys. The person he's coming up behind is Avery Bradley, who's an even better person uh, at doing that. So, like, that's the mentality that we that we need to have. I really hope that he makes an all-defensive team. I cannot see how he wouldn't, barring injury. But him and Avery Bradley have to be some of the best defensive guards. So when I hear about Kawhi and Paul George being, like, really strong, I'm like, our second unit has top five defensive guards. So I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about you having defensive... And, and, and who? And Kawhi and Paul George are going to hold AD. It's going to take both of y'all to hold LeBron. So anyway, let me not get, I'm get off of that. Live XP, I love the championship talk. Haven't been in LA in a while, but let's stay focused on the moment one by one. Yeah, it's championship talk. It's a championship team. And when we say championship, we're not talking like, man, we're going straight down Figueroa. But what we are saying is that this is a championship contender, hands down. Now, whether they win or not is going to be up to the team. Grit, determination, zeal, how they get after it, their passion, their longevity, their long suffering when they get in there, man. Because they're going to have to go a long... This is, listen, we're only the quarter way through the season. They're putting up incredible stats, but to keep that energy flowing all the way up to the All-Star break, after the All-Star break, into the playoffs. A lot of these players, the Kyle Kuzmas, uh, uh, um, uh, the, uh, the Alex Caruso's, a lot of these guys that we are depending on and stuff like that, they haven't played in the playoffs, Okay. And like the Rajon Rondos, and they haven't played in the playoffs in a long time. And like, and 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 for like a, a LeBron James, he's hungry. He's been there a lot. Anthony Davis has never been there. He hasn't had his his game uh, uh, schedule stretched that far into the postseason before. So this these are things that we need to prepare ourselves for. That they need to be up and going all the way through uh, this regular season, all the way into the playoffs, into the championship, and they can rest after that. Uh, a lot of people uh, hating on Kuz's on Kuz. He's super close, getting that bounce back in his legs. Kuz is 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 so close, and what it is is it seems to be more of a confidence thing. And he has a different issue than a Caruso or a different issue than even a Rajon Rondo. His issue is that teams know that he is a scorer, so they are putting extra defensive effort on him. As opposed to a Rondo where they'll sag off and people still don't believe that he's a three-point sniper. But apparently he's proven that right now. He is hitting threes at such a high clip, but teams are still sagging off. But for Kuz, that these teams are chasing him through screens. They're doubling sometimes if he gets too close. And he's still trying to figure out, well, how do I play now that I have this extra pressure? This is kind of like what was happening with, um, I forget who that player was, um, that was playing... Uh, 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 oh, it was Devin Booker playing pickup ball, and he got double teamed and got upset about it in the pickup ball game. And everybody in Laker Nation was like, man, that's a normality for a good Laker player. You're going to get doubled. What would Kobe do if he got doubled? Triple team. LeBron got triple team tonight and last game. Okay, like how do you come out of that? And I think Kuz is still trying to learn that because everybody saw his potential and start attacking and defending him at his potential, even though he hasn't fully reached it yet. And so he's having to adjust and grow up very quickly, but he's so close. All it's going to take is, a, is one good game to break him out of that slump, and he's going to be good. Tonight, he wasn't, he wasn't bad tonight, uh, but tonight he had seven points. He was only one of three from, uh, from three point, uh, which, is, which is fine, but he's not as aggressive. He only took seven shots. We know that we would like to see him in the double-digit category, especially with a rondo out. Having him run, kind of be the flow of the offense. Uh, it, it, of course, tonight it ended up being Caruso, who was that person who put up double-digit points tonight. But we want Kyle Kuzma putting up double-digit shots. We want to see him aggressive. We want to see him attacking the paint, hitting that floater that he has been so successful with, uh, picking up fouls, going to the rim. Uh, uh, kudos to JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, for not only hitting pick-and-rolls, but cleanups tonight. They were doing incredible on the cleanup tonight. Uh, off the glass, people were putting up layups and they were putting them right back in. That, like th this, that is the stuff that should give Kuz the confidence to go in, uh, knowing that even if his shot doesn't doesn't make it in, he has some great cleanup guys who are uh, who are ready to put the ball back in and getting in the habit of attacking the paint and getting that contact is what he needs. <clears throat> All right, uh, Lake Laker Ray seems easier to hide Kuz on D with AD, LBJ, Dwight on the court, possibly. Possibly, Kuz has been doing better on defense. Of course, he's not in a team like this that is so defensive-minded. Obviously, he stands out as a weaker point. Uh, but he, it's, not, it's not because he's not trying or because he's not paying attention. He sees and recognizes defensive rotations well. He knows when to transition. What we want to see Kuz do is be able to communicate defense, uh, defensive strategies on the court, like a Rondo, for the second unit. 
That's when you know that he has his defensive mind together when he's able to communicate what should be happening to other players and putting people in proper position, telling them when to switch and when not to switch, okay? LeBron is amazing at that. That's how LeBron's able to conserve so much energy. It's because he's able to orchestrate the, uh, the defense even and tell people, like, don't switch. Like, let me stay on this guy. Chase through. Because it gives, he knows it's going to give the person a better uh, uh, opportunity to stop the play than he would. And that's, you want to have coups in that, in that area where he knows his limitations and knows how to recognize defensive rotations and call people into position so that they can all flow. And we don't have, like, we had a couple of plays tonight where the, where the person was wide open on the three-point line. That's missed defensive rotations. And that's normally stuff that you would have your veteran leadership communicate to keep that from happening. LeBron yelled at a couple of people tonight because they missed a couple of defensive rotations. But you want Kuz to have that same mentality. If he has that and he can execute that, then we're in good shape. Uh, Jeff D. Smith. I saw one play where Cat gave resistance to AD. 5.30 in the fourth, he gave a forearm to AD. Cat, <laughs> Cat is soft. Listen, Carl uh, uh, Anthony Towns is a tremendous player. But people struggled, even when he was succeeding and, and putting up I wouldn't say MVP-type numbers, but, but really solid superstar numbers. People struggled with calling him a generational talent because there was just that one thing that was missing, and we saw it tonight. And I think AD is showing it. When these bigs come up against him, the Rudy Gobert's, the Cats, and all these people, like it's, it's, it's one thing to be able to dominate in the paint when there's nobody who's like you. But when you have somebody who can match up with you, bump bodies with you, grind in the paint with you, and you don't know how to respond to that, it really shows that you're not as, as dominant as you think. AD does not shy away from contact. It's part of the reason why we're scared every time he gets down on the floor. He is not afraid of it. And so because of that, he is exposing a lot of people like Cat. I don't know if I would call him soft, uh, but he, he, I mean, that's the best way to describe it. That's the unfortunate part. It's the best way to describe him. That's how the league describes him, as soft. Um, and so, yeah, tonight, like, he gave a little resistance, but... A, 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 by the time AD has demoralized you with his post play and then demoralized you on the defensive end, I, I just, I don't know. Like like tonight, like Cat scored tonight, but that first half he was struggling. He played 36 minutes and only had 19 points. And here's the key, guys. He had eight assists, which means he had to pass away, which means that, uh, that when AD was on him, that it, it forced Cat to get that ball out of his hands. And so that's what you want. That's what you want. You want that from your boys. Okay. Um, let's see here. Uh, Live XP, THT, nice with that man bod. <laughs> that long wingspan man bod. And uh, he's young, man. He's young. We forget how young these cats are, dude. Uh, uh, and, and, and the potential they have uh, to really develop their bodies. Of course, we watched Alex Caruso develop his body. Uh, and we were watching, um, uh, we talked about Brandon Ingram when he was here. Him needing to develop his body. Like, THT is going to actually get a little bit bigger than what he is right now. And hopefully in the muscle category. It'd be scary to see what's going to happen with him then. Tamarino 13. Also, not trying to beat a dead horse. I really like the guy, but man, Kuz still looks disconnected from this team. At the end of the third, I noticed him go straight to the opposite end of the bench from the guys. No high fives, no handshakes. He seems in his own head. Am I the only one thinking it appears as though he's checking out and just losing interest in being a real part of this team? No, 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 no. He's not losing interest. Now, I, I wouldn't say that. Um, I did notice him go to the opposite end of the bench. I'll say this. He knows that there's an expectation on him. He talked about it in preseason. He has worked tremendously hard. We saw some of it in, in Team USA basketball. As soon as last season was over, he got busy and really got into that gym and really got to shooting. Of course, we saw him with Lethal Shooter, but he's been with Phil Handy and other shooting coaches uh, with the Lakers. He's been putting in work, and he knows he's good. If you watch the warm-up video today, he only missed one shot. He was almost perfect during his warm-ups. Of course, his warm-ups. He knows he can shoot. He knows he can get to the cup. He knows he is a 20-plus point scorer. The fact that he cannot get it to operate and he can't get it to activate, he knows what that would do for this team. And it's, and it's, it's causing him frustration. You can visibly see the frustration. And, and what I do like about it is he's not as celebratory as the other guys because he knows that he's capable of more, right? Alex Crusoe puts up 16. That's about Alex Crusoe's ceiling, right? If Alex, if Alex, if AC hits like 20 points, that's going to be like, yo, what happened? If Coos puts up 20, we're going to be like, you probably could have put up 25. And so he knows the difference between him and just the other bench players. In fact, he really feels like he's a starter in his mind, okay? But he knows his play has not shown that. And so he has to make some adjustments 
uh, in order for that to happen. But 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 I, I like him being upset. I like him being angry. I like him. He's not disconnected, but you can. He is in his own head, and that, that I don't like. But I do like the fact that he is recognizing that he's capable of more. And, the, and of course, we're winning. We've only lost three games, and one of those games we lost, he wasn't on the floor. But but he knows that he can do better than what's being what's happening right now. So. Uh, this is what I say every show that I do post game. Listen, if you know a player's doing bad, or you know a player's having an issue, and you know it's like K KCP when he was in his own head, send them spirit bombs. I call them spirit bombs, man. Send them positivity and their DMs. Hit them in the comment section. These cats read them. We know that Showtime Forum. We're able to, to to talk with people like Jared Dudley and Dwight Howard. Like these guys read the comments. Now I don't know. They don't talk about what it means to them, but I guarantee you, if you're a human being, words matter. And so if we can throw some positivity their way, encourage him, man. We need Kuz to become that third scorer. My prayer is he turns it on right after All-Star break. Like, I want everybody to get accustomed to how we're playing, make their game plans around how we're playing, and then Kuzma just breaks out of nowhere heading into the playoffs. That would be ideal for me. I would love to see him hover around 10 to 15 points, but break out to like 20, 25 points heading into the playoffs as an average. So, but 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 you're right. There there is something wrong with Kuzma, and I think it's all mental. Uh, um, uh, LVR uh, Kemp. AD will go down as the greatest power forward of all time. I hope so. That's a strong statement. That's a that's a strong statement. I mean, that's a strong statement. Um, what I do want him to be is the greatest power forward of our of our generation. Okay, um, and what's going to separate him from being the greatest? is we, we need, he needs to get that ring. He has to get a ring, man. He has to get a ring. Like a Charles Barkley, I, 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 listen, I'm 37 years old, but I remember Barkley games. The dude was so dominant. I don't think people understood how dominant Charles Barkley was, okay? And for him not to have a ring is the most heartbreaking thing ever because it's hard to value him in a, in a, in, in a statistical category that calls him great uh, because he could have everything great except for having a ring, and it, and it just... Patrick Hewing was dominant. Carl Malone was dominant. These guys didn't have rings. AD is on a mission, and he knows what's going to separate him from a Carl Malone and a Shaq, from being on a Carl Malone side and being and converting over to a Shaq side, is you got to get ring. you got to get hardware. If you don't get hardware, Tim Duncan has hardware. Uh, 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 of course, LeBron has hardware. Shaq has hardware. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has hardware. You, uh, Pau Gasol has hardware. You need to get a ring. you got to get a ring. And so we're hoping that, that this is going to be his driving force going forward. But he does have potential to be the greatest. It's a long hill to climb, but he has he has potential to do that. Crusoe is greater than Lonzo right now. Tell me I'm wrong. Laker banter, I, I legitimately have no argument against that. The ceiling for Lonzo is much higher. Of course, Zoe is shooting the three much better now. And, of course, he's always been a good defender and has great court vision. But for some reason right now, Caruso, part of the reason is because Caruso's on the floor more and he's healthy. But Caruso right now is playing his role well. I don't know if Caruso plays like this on any other team. I think somehow, just by the luck of the draw and the roll of the dice, we got a player that fits perfectly into this system at the right time. So I don't know. Uh, here we go. Let's, uh, Laker Metropolis. I'm trying to get through these. Kendrick Perkins said that the Timberwolves are a sleeper team. Do you buy it? They're, they're, they're decent. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to read too far into it. Because of the record, of course, the ten and twelve, seven and five away from home. Um, so I don't want to read too far into that because, if we're being honest, the entire uh, Western Conference just seems a little weird. Um, and it's almost like we're cannibalizing ourselves. If you look at these records, there's a far separation. I want you to think about this. In, in our own division, there's only two teams above five hundred. Okay, in our own division, right? But if you're looking at this, once you get to uh, the top five, once you get outside of the top, the top six. I'm sorry. No team is above 500 in, in, in the West. We are, we're 21 and 3. The Clippers are 17 and 7 at the second position. The Mavs are 16 and 7. Rockets are 15 and 7. The Nuggets are 14 and 7. The Jazz are 13 and 10. Okay? And then after that, everybody is sub 500. Now, if you're telling me that all the rest of these teams, 7 through the rest, if you're telling me that all these people are that bad, as the record says, then there's a problem. Minnesota Timberwolves are sitting right at number nine at 10 and 12, but there's three teams there, Oklahoma City Thunder, Phoenix Suns, and Minnesota Timberwolves sitting there at 10, at 10 and 12. Out of those three teams, which one would I say would reach the eighth spot or the seventh seed? Seventh seed? Is the Minnesota uh, Timberwolves, to me. 
They're, they're better than the Thunder to me. They're better than the Suns to me. And we beat them, okay? Guys, look at the look at the, the, the wins we put up. We beat the Mavs. We beat uh, the Nuggets. We beat the Jazz. We beat the Thunder twice. Uh, we beat the Timberwolves. Like, we beat the Spurs, uh, Trailblazers, Grizzlies. We've been doing it. We've, we've been doing it, guys. We've been doing it. So, um, I think most of it is, is that because we make the teams look so bad, it's like, man, I don't even know if I can believe that these teams can be any good. But but let the Timberwolves get healthy and let them get let them get right and let them get like like Jeff Teague is a problem for the Lakers. He was injured tonight and he played, but he wasn't he wasn't at full strength. But he normally gives us fits. So uh, they could be a sleeper team. We can't take any team uh, uh, as a joke. They're all serious teams as far as we're concerned. Um. Uh, LVRD Kemp, uh, AD second best player in the league. I don't know why he's not the best player in the league. I'm trying to think of somebody better. I know Luca has had some great moments, but Luca is horrible on defense. This is what separates. This is what I'm talking about. This is what separates. Even with LeBron, LeBron is phenomenal. Okay, Le- LeBron is phenomenal. But no player in the league is putting up. And they put this on the actual screen the other night. No player in the league is averaging the averages on offense and defense that AD is doing. That means he's expending energy on both ends of the floor. I can't think of, not even Kawhi is doing that. He's taking games off. Paul George is not doing that. Uh, nobody is defending at the clip that he's doing, altering shots that he's doing, and putting up the point totals that he's doing. AD is the best player in the league right now. I'm, I'm trying to think of somebody better. Okay, and, and and mind you, you know we're considering like you know Durant is out right now and stuff like that, but there's nobody doing it on both ends the way AD is doing it. Period, period, period. Now that could change, but I would say AD first, LeBron second, and then everybody else. I don't care, but but those two to me that it, it would be in that order, and I think that's the way LeBron wants it. I think if you were to take that to LeBron and be like, who's the best player in the league? He'd be like AD. I think I think that is the the natural position of this team is going. AD is our is that that is our our cash cow, okay? That that is our golden egg. That is the thing that we're gonna that that is if we're gonna make it to a championship, it's gonna be because of him. And I think that's the way it's supposed to be. Live XP one. If anyone has is, is brought out is bought out, I'm assuming bought out that we can use uh, QC. That we can use QC should be the casualty. We don't need him. Quinn Cook has been the odd man out. As far as guards go, he's had some great plays. Um, of course, he knows how to dribble, but he lacks length, he lacks defense, and he's not consistent with his shooting. Now, what does that mean? I don't know, because like even if you're trying to trade, you know the only thing that's attractive is his contract. Uh, and I don't know how we make the money work, and we could cut him. We could cut him, although from what I've been reading and hearing is that he is a, he is a, a locker room favorite. Uh, people love uh, Quinn Cook. And um, and I'm not sure how the practices are going, what they're saying in practice, but I, I don't know. It's very possible we make zero moves, guys. That, that's the honest God truth. We're only buying out a player, or we're only cutting a player if uh, if Andre Iguodala uh, gets bought out. I don't see the Grizzlies making a trade for who we have um, or who we would sacrifice. We're not sacrificing KCP. Um, we're, our, our depth is too important to us. So I, I just I, it's it's very possible we may not get anybody. We may not get anybody. I don't know. And I know they're not going to cut Boogie because they have plans for Boogie. I, I don't know what the plans are, but I know they got to have plans for him because he's too active. He's too involved. They're saying something to him to keep him disengaged. Uh, and for and for them not to use the uh, the exception that they could have used on him, yeah, they there's something going on there. So, uh, Live XP, does fly-by-night Laker fans annoy you because they aggravate me? They didn't go through the pain. <laughs> Listen, man, all are welcome. My only prerequisite is this: is that you recognize, um, you recognize and pay homage to those who never left. Um, part of the reason why we call Kobe, who or we respect Kobe the way we respect him, is because he ain't gone. And yeah, he requested a trade, but he didn't leave. For Laker fans, we hold you to the same standard. Um, last few questions here: Watch LBJ leaving early as a big thing tomorrow. I.e., Skip Bayless. No, yeah, I, I saw that he went straight to the locker room at the halftime because he had three or uh, four fouls. Yeah. What's he going to do, sit on the bench and be upset for two minutes? Go back to that room, man. That dude is in his 17th year. He has championships. He's a leader of the team. Let him go back there. For all we know, he could have went back there, got retaped, could have went back there. and was like, hey, man, I need a breather. Uh, uh, I need you to massage something out. We don't know. But he earned the right to be able to do that. And, of course, Skip Bayless will say something. But, I mean, it's okay. Like, Skip gets paid more than all of us to talk about it. So, more, uh, greetings to him. You know what I mean? Go do your thing. Uh, Jeros, uh, Jeros uh, LKTMN. 
I apologize, man. I know it's supposed to be a thing. I don't know how to pronounce it. Greetings from Russia. Crazy. All the way from Russia, man. I'm not even sure what time it is there, but salute for you tuning in. Lakers should take advantage of Kuz's movement off ball, set some screens for him to free him up. Yeah. But once again, though, they're, they're, what we're seeing in the offensive explosion in these last couple games is, is them implementing and expanding the playbook for the offense. Um, I think Kuz is not the priority right now. I know, I know Frank is trying to get uh, more looks for AD in better spots. I think tonight kind of proved that. Um, if you're noticing, there's a, there's a few set plays that we automatically run. If you ever see a, a big on the three-point line, what is back towards the basket, the goal is to have, um, to have a guard or uh, even LeBron come by and grab the ball and dump off and then the big rolls to the basket as the other person comes around. And what's supposed to happen is that person who has the ball, either LeBron or the guard, is supposed to be able to read if both players come towards him or if there's a switch. If there's a switch, you pass it back to the big so that they can do post-up move. Or you drive to the hoop if you have the mismatch. Or if the both players come to you, you throw it in for alley-oop. That's a set play. I'm not sure what it's called. I can't remember what it's called. But that's a set play, and they run that pretty continually. Or you've seen the play where LeBron stands out towards the three-point line and he waits for cutters. KCP cuts. Whoever cuts to the basket, LeBron meets them with the ball uh, right there in the paint. Easy layup, okay? We've seen those two plays that are constantly implemented. We've seen the hammer screen that was implemented. That, that They use that pretty often to get Danny Green open for threes. But AD is the one that we're trying to figure out how to get him to, to, to be able to operate in space. He's great with the lob. That, I mean, he has the third most dunks in the league right now. Uh, I think it was like 70 dunks or 71 dunks. It was 68 when they showed the stats. So I'm not sure what it is now. But, um, but once Kuz becomes the priority, and they will make him a priority at some point, once Kuz becomes the priority, it'll be easier to implement him and to learn how to throw him into certain plays and go, okay, we're going to double drag you off the screen, and when you see, when you see it, just shoot it, right? You're going to start seeing that later on, but not now. now. Right now, it's about AD finding his rhythm, getting him to a place where he feels comfortable in the offense, and then they'll start focusing on other players. Uh, last one, uh, Laker Metropolis, Kuz shall find his strides. He will. And Kuz, we trust. He going to do it at the right time. All right, guys. So, listen, uh, I, I'm about done here. Uh, it was another great win. Can't say it enough. Uh, we have an incredible schedule coming up. Um, this I, I wouldn't consider this uh, um, uh, a death stretch, if you will. Uh, but it, it is it is going to be um, uh, one that we need to pay attention to, especially after tonight. We're trying to get back on the defensive stride. Uh, we play again on Wednesday against Orlando at Orlando. So we're hitting the road trip <clears throat> for a long time. Okay, we're, we're in Orlando. We're in Miami. We're in Atlanta. We're in Indiana. We're in Milwaukee. Okay, so these are all teams. And then we come back home and we play Denver and, and, and the Clippers. The reason why I'm not calling it a death stretch is because Orlando and, and Miami and Atlanta and Indiana, these are all beatable teams. The issue is, is that we're in their house and it's a long time to travel with only two days in between each one. 11th, 13th, 15th, 17th, 19th, 22nd, and then we have a three-day stretch heading into Christmas. That's heavy, guys. That's heavy. And teams are going to test us. And Avery Bradley should be back within this stretch. <clears throat> they said he's day-to-day. -day. I know he's going to make the trip uh, into Orlando. But when he comes back, now we're talking about getting him implemented uh, getting him back. He's cleared for full contact. So it's going to be more about getting his stamina back up, getting him uh, re, uh, uh, getting him institutionalized back into the whole thing and how it's going to work. And uh, offensively, he already has the defensive stuff down, but they've implemented some offensive things that so they're going to want him to run at, as a guard. So all that stuff, right? Uh, so I'm considering Orlando a win. I think when we go into that house on the 11th, they're going to give us their best shot. They have some incredible shooters. Um, but I think we're going to, I think we're going to win that game. Uh, and of course, the, the the East is weird. They're a 500 team, 11 11, but they're second in their division. Uh, and so I don't I don't necessarily know who they're going to have that can get hot. Uh, but whoever it is is not going to be able to match our strength if we if we keep our nose to the uh, to the grindstone. Miami, uh, of course, they had shooters. Uh, Tyler Hero uh, woke up tonight, and uh, he had a couple of, of, of late game threes that that uh, caused them to win the game. And so Miami is looking like they're gaining momentum. Jimmy Butler has awoken. Uh, that's going to be a tough game in their spot two days after we play Orlando. And then we head to, Atlanta, head to Atlanta. That should be a win as well. Trey um, is, is great, but I, they just don't have enough uh, to match up against us. Indiana could be a problem. Return to Indiana for Frank Vogel. Um, and not, not that anybody cares or anybody you know, uh, matters about that, but they're a 15-8 team. Um, and so they have, they, have, they, have some, they have some great stuff going on, okay? 
Um, and so we have to be careful of that. Uh, my, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, of course, who came over from the Bucks, uh, has been, who's now with the Pacers, has been great. I mean, he's been great, you know, um, uh, averaging 19 points. He's their, he's their leader, and that's mainly because Oladipo uh, has been out. So uh, we, we, have to, we have to look at these teams, man, and take them seriously, and take them seriously. Of course, the Denver Nuggets are coming into our house to get revenge. They do not like us, and I'm, I'm fine with that. And the Clippers have been, everybody's licking their chops for Christmas Day, okay? That's, that's what I'm waiting for my Christmas present. I'm waiting for us to put a, a I don't want to just beat them. I want to I stomp a mud hole in them. And once we get done with that Christmas Day game, okay, then things start looking like it's in our favor. That's when we hit a good stretch of games where you could see the call-ups like a Zach Norvell and THT. The games after Christmas, look, listen to these games, okay, after Christmas. Uh, after Christmas, we have Portland, we're at Portland, and then we have a stretch of games at home against Dallas, beatable, Phoenix, beatable, New Orleans, beatable, Detroit, beatable, New York, guaranteed defeat, and then we go to Dallas and go to Oklahoma City, Cleveland, Orlando. We don't have another tough game, technically, until January 18th against Houston. We hit Houston and Boston uh, on a road trip. Okay, so, so really, once we get to Christmas Day, if we can make it through there with losing maybe one, possibly two games, we're looking real good heading into uh, the end of January. So... It's looking favorable, man. It's looking real favorable for our boys, man. It looks real favorable for our boys. Um, great show, Salute, keep it up. Thank you, Salute, keep it up. Live XP, thank you so much, man. You are consistently in here throwing up the encouragement and the spirit bombs. I appreciate it. Uh, Y'all keep it up. Uh, if I can't make it, uh, of course, Greg Bergman will be filling in for me. But I should be there for the next game for you guys. Um, I, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Once again, the greatest fan base you could ever have uh, and the greatest fan base that any social media team could have is you guys. We are grateful that you guys tune in every night. Um, and so, listen, th here's what I want you guys to do. Reminding you guys again, hit the DMs and the comment sections of your people. Whoever your favorite player is, whoever's struggling, hit them up, encourage them, keep them encouraged. That's the stuff the players need, man, to fuel them when their body is tired. It's those positive comments. Uh, and of course, I can't believe I missed this. Happy birthday to Dwight Howard, playing like a new young man tonight. Uh, but a birthday uh, to him, salute to him. So I will see you guys later, man. Until the next time, keep your heads up, stay positive. Lakers are 21-3, championship here we come.